Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. And we are not going to waste any more time because we've got so little precious time here with uh, with Andrew Sherburn, and he is the co-director of this, like I said, just a remarkable documentary film called Saving Brinton. Saving Brinton. And uh, Andrew, welcome. Welcome to film school. Hey, thank you for having me. And yeah, uh, yeah. yeah that's a great lineup. I, uh, I'm honored to be a part of this, <laughs> well, this show. Well, it, you're, you're, the, the work backs it up because I, this is just such a fun documentary. It's one of those kind of, it's a story that I, you couldn't make up. I, it just, the, where, right. where it came yeah. from and all this and, and, and the, the main subject of the film, Michael Zox, is just one of those people. I want to hug him. I hope to God I, I get a chance <laughs> to meet him someday because I'm going to run up and just put a big bear hug on him. So you might want to warn him in case I'm in the area. Yeah. Yes, give him, a, give him a heads up on that. Well, tell me, where did you come into this story, Andrew? Uh, well, I, first of all, I think I, Mike would be glad to give you a hug. He's uh, <laughs> he's not here with me at the moment. He he went on down to the beach in Santa Monica, so he's he's enjoying his time here in L.A. But yeah, we you know this is one of those stories. Like you said, it's it, you know it's it's hard to make make something like this up. But uh, we are uh, Iowa-based uh, filmmakers, which puts us in a unique position of getting a lot of uh, a lot of good phone calls with people uh, suggesting things that we might want to go take a look at. Uh, usually, uh, they're not as interesting as those people might think they are. <laughs> but in this in this case, we we got a phone call, and uh, you know somebody said, "Hey, there's this amazing collection of films uh, just south of uh, where we live. Uh, we live in Iowa City, and and in wa- rural Washington County, Iowa, uh, you know, there's this guy who's got uh, a collection of hundred year old films from from Thomas Edison, from George Melies, from uh, the Lumiere brothers, and we you know, heard this, and we're film geeks, and we were thinking, wow, you know, how did these things end up in Iowa, and how did they survive uh, for this long, for over 100 years, you know, cellulose nitrate, this stuff could go up in flames at any moment, um, and how is it still there, uh, and how does nobody know about it? Right. Um, so that was kind of our initial interest, and um, and that's what brought us down to, to meet Mike for the first time. And just a couple of points that you brought up, it sounds like you're in town, we're, we're for the opening, Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're here in L.A. We open tonight uh, at the Lemley uh, Monica Film Center. Fantastic. And Mike's with you. That is, they're right there. Just, you don't even need to show the film. That's the price of admission right there. <laughs> Just you, you and you and Mike talking about this. Uh, but, uh, it, okay, so there's that. And secondly, this is a remarkable part of the story as to how this film did not just become powder and dust. And... I don't want to give too much away, so you're going to have to be my my Indiana Jones on this here. I, I just want to make sure that we uh, we we tease these people enough to run down to the Lemley uh, Film Center in uh, Santa Monica. Yeah. So, uh, but it do you just kind of tell me what you want to tell me about uh, to get those people get those butts in the seat tonight in terms of uh, sure. terms of the well, story. The truth is, there's there's a few mysteries that uh, that maybe will never be solved, and, and one of those is how the heck did these things survive for so long um, in in basements and sheds and barns in Iowa? Um, it's cold. Just, it's, it, well, it's, it certainly is in the winter, uh, but it's pretty hot in the summer. So, yeah, yeah. You true. know, it, it's it's a minor miracle, but it's it's one of those things that you know it's 
yeah, I, I think it's miraculous and meant to be. Um, and, and it was also meant to be that, that this film collection landed in the hands of Mike Soss because I don't think anyone else uh, would have seen what he saw in these, in these films. And, and not just the films. You mentioned that uh, the collection comes with all sorts of other uh, ephemera that the Britons had saved receipts uh, and posters and letters and the you know the handwritten order forms that that uh, Frank Britton who was who was showing movies in Iowa and all the way up to Minnesota and down to Texas uh, you know his, his handwritten order forms that he would send off to star films or pate films in, in France uh, to to order new new movies to show people um, and these were these were the movies that introduced rural uh, middle America to the motion picture. Um, you know, these would have been small farming communities uh, that never would have seen a moving image. I mean, uh, nobody had seen a moving image for that matter. Uh, but these were the exact films. If, if your great-great-grandparents may have had a farm in the Midwest, uh, these would have been the films that they would have seen the very first time they saw a moving picture. Um, so that is is really special. And, um, and then beyond that, uh, you alluded to it. I mean, Mike himself is just this marvelous person he's the genuine article uh you've never met a kinder soul uh and uh and his love of of educating in history he was a junior high history teacher for almost 40 years and that hands-on history approach uh comes through uh you know every every conversation you have with him he's got some new facts to share with you he loves to bring the real articles out and put them in people's hands and give them a chance to understand uh, what life would have been like a century ago. And, and so those things all kind of come together in our film, and here he is um, bringing out these 100-year-old mo- moving images uh, for people to see once again. And, and they're so old, they're new again. Yeah. Um, so yeah. That's, it's really marvelous. Yeah, it really is. And, and uh, there are a couple things, again, that, that you've touched on I think are so important. We kinda, I kind of leapfrogged over the whole William and Indiana Brinton uh, and how important you've, you've touched on it. But what remarkable people these were, what sort of in, yeah. in their way visionary people they were to to bring this new art form, this budding art form to people, uh, you know, sort of democratizing the uh, the uh, this art form for people and their love of it and their uh, their sort of sense of showmanship and presenting these things yeah. in ways that were respectful to the art and respectful to the people watching the, the this art. So there, there's that part of it, and just a, you get a little more background about the two of them. They just seem like terrific and amazing people as well. Yeah, well, Frank and Indiana Britton were also born in rural Washington County, so they, they share that with Mike. Uh, and uh, Frank himself was uh, Indiana was a school teacher, and and they were married, and they did this kind of uh, two person show. Uh, but, but Frank had gotten interested in kind of the world around him and, and exploring. This was a time, you know, that, that steampunks now celebrate, this time of kind of uh, vision and wonder and, and dreaming of what's possible. And Frank was one of those people. He was trying to build airships uh, before the Wright brothers took flight. Uh, he was traveling around the world, and he was bringing things back to Iowa to show people, you know, this is, you know, I found this in, in the Far East, or I found this in, in Jerusalem, the Holy Land. Uh, and he'd bring these artifacts back, and, and he started doing these touring shows where he would educate people. Uh, he would show them what the rest of the world was like. Um, and I, so I think it's that, that sense of inquiry and wonder uh, that led him then to first to Magic Lantern slides, which were uh, you know, pre-moving image, and we've got some of those as well in the collection and in the film. And then when movies came about, 
I think it was just natural. You know, he had he had this touring circuit that he was doing. He was already showing, uh, you know, illuminated entertainment, projected entertainment. So why not movies? And um, people fell in love with it. And he was kind of the most in-demand, uh, barnstorming movie man of the Midwest uh, in that era. You know, before, before every town had a Nickelodeon, uh, people like Frank Brinton were traveling by rail, you know, town after town after town, night after night after night, uh, and showing movies to people. Um, and it was just, you know, everyone would come to town for these things. And he would charge, you know, anywhere from 10 to 25 cents for a show, and he'd make hundreds of dollars. So, uh, you know, these were you know, packed houses, you know, six, eight hundred people, a thousand people uh, would gather in these old opera houses and, and watch this guy hand crank films, uh, 35 millimeter films. Uh, and so it was a real marvel, and I think really representative of this time, the turn of the last century, when people were just dreaming about what's possible, right. um, you know, dreaming about the future and, and all this marvelous technology that was that was coming to be. It's just a great, that part of the story is fantastic, and, and you, the, the telling of the story is just so wonderful. The other part here is we, I knew of from the you know the earliest George Melies uh, Melies uh, film I'm saying I'm butchering his name I apologize to all of those <laughs> film film snobs out there Melies uh, we I oh, knew yes. him from yeah. I, yeah I knew him from you know uh, the the Man on the Moon film right where the where the right. where yeah, the, where the, the cannon moon, yeah. the yeah the shell ends up in the eyeball of the moon and right. but seeing these films it is so illuminating and so fun to see how creative he was and in some ways the effects that he was able to pull off in those 1890 era films is is intriguing fun and and uh cinematic as is any in some ways as anything today it's such a magical yeah. thing to watch him do what he did with virtually nothing except his own imagination it's amazing is that yeah is that? Yeah, I mean, he, he you know, he's, people call him the first, or, you know, the magician of, of the movies, or, um, oh. you, you know, he really was the godfather of kind of special effects. And uh, it's, it, yeah, I love watching those films now because I still kind of puzzle with how he pulled off some of these special effects and, yeah. you know, the multiple kind of overlapping images that he would have had to put uh, in, into one frame when he finally made his print. Uh, it's it, amazing. It, and, it is. you know, we've, we're lucky enough that these films uh, have now all been digitally scanned uh, at high resolution as part of part of this process that that we document in our film. Yeah. Uh, now they've all been preserved, um, so we have these marvelous HD scans of all of these prints, um, and so you can see very clearly, kind of, uh, you know, his his hand in these films, and, it, and to me that that actually breathes additional life into some of these films that you can see the filmmaker's hand at work. Um, and so I think that that's fun uh, as well to be able to watch these films and see that, to, to be able to kind of still feel George Melies uh, when you're in the theater. Oh, it, this is, again, if you appreciate film and if you're listening to the show, you probably are really into film because to put up with me and hear these great uh, <laughs> uh, filmmakers uh, you know, talk about their work, uh, it means you care. And this is what film you should care about because, again, it's a wonderful story, amazing story of Michael Zox and 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 all of the things that he did and through to his own internal sort of uh, 
voice, he held on to these things despite the fact that people repeatedly told him it's junk, we don't need it. What do you? Care? His wife, the the week they got married, he brought uh, on uh, you know coming back from the honeymoon, he brought this stuff into the house. She's put up with it for thirty years. All of these different things that he could have at some point easily said, you know what? They're probably right. This isn't worth it. It's not worth it. It's you know clogging up my life. It's whatever. He didn't. And and then to hear him tell these stories to all these different people in the film, you get this sense of what a beautiful human being he is and how how he has a sense of history a sense of of our place a sense of awe in in creative process he's just a really great guy and he's going to be with you at the theater tonight at the uh, monica film center to see this what time are you guys going to be doing the q a uh, so tonight's uh, show uh, at 7.30, we'll be doing Q&A following the 7.30 show tonight. Um, and then again tomorrow on Saturday night uh, with Susan King, um, who uh, you know is a, a lover of uh, classic Hollywood herself. So uh, that, uh, that's at 7.30 as well. These, um, your, your film, it makes my heart feel lighter. I, I just really, I really love your film. I really do because it, because it's another one of those stories, as I said at the top of the interview, you couldn't make this up. So to watch this journey, watch Michael, watch all these people, and watch the people who get to go to the oldest theater in America, or is it in the world? What was it? it, it in the world. In it's the, the world. oldest continuously operating movie theater in the world, oh, in Washington, Iowa. Honestly. Um, it, it built in the 1890s and, and has been showing movies uh, continuously every year since uh, 1896. This, this is saving Brenton is the definition of heartwarming. <laughs> it really, truly is. This is just such a wonderful film. I enjoyed it thoroughly, and I wanted to spend more time with everyone in it and discover George Melee's. I don't want to give yeah. away the kind of. There's kind of a, a gem in the in the telling of the story and how that journey unfolded for you and for and for Mike. Uh, you know, all the way to uh, to Europe, shall we say? I'll just leave it there. It's just such a. Yeah, I know you probably put in a lot of time. Uh, a lot of your life has gone into making this movie, but it's yeah. worth it. It's it's on screen. It's just such a uh, such a wonderful film. So, uh, congratulations to you and Tommy Haynes for your work. And thank you. And who's your other partner in crime? You've got another sort of the, the yeah yeah John get... Richard, who's yeah. our director yeah. of uh, photography. Yeah. Uh, so the three of us, uh, yeah, followed uh, Mike around for three years, like uh, you said. All uh, right. Uh, good. Good chunk of our life. All right, uh, we're well, glad we did. Well, call security because I might be up there to just say, say hi. <laughs> so, okay, all right, Andrew, thank you so much for being here. The film is yeah. called Saving Brenton. It's at the Le- Monica Film Center this weekend and the whole week. You should check it out, yeah. and uh, you'll be there tonight and tomorrow night for the screenings and such. And uh, so will Mike, and so will I'm sure a number of people that are associated with the film and. It's yeah. well worth it to go see this movie and see it in the theater. That's where George would have wanted you to see it, okay? Absolutely. All right. Absolutely. Thank you, Andrew. Okay. Yeah, thank you so much, Mike. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.